welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha and more, and uh, this Parasha is charged with many lessons, but one of the lessons that is most appropriate for this time is the lesson of Bitahon, of trusting Hashem. And so the Hassam Sofer says that this is alluded to in this week's uh, parasha, when the, when the Korban, the Korban Toda, this was a sacrifice that was given to thank Hashem for the good and the bad that happens to us, um, is discussed. So it says in the, in, the, in the verse, when you sacrifice the Korban Toda, eat it that very day, don't leave it, on, don't leave it over until morning. This, the Pasuk hints that, the, that we're praising Hashem at the same time, not only for the good that He gives us, that is openly revealed good, that you can see it and perceive it as something that is good, but at the same time, we have to thank God for things that don't seem seemingly good at that moment. Because eventually, when you look back, you're going to see how everything that happens to you in your life actually was for your benefit. Hashem doesn't give you anything uh, just because He wants to punish you, he wants, he wants you to fail, He wants you to go down. Uh, as Hasidut uh, explains and teaches, the, the, the reason for the descent is the ascent. Everything that happens to us really is in Hashem's best interest at heart towards us. And this is one of the, um, of the prerequisites of a person to have a trust in God, to have bitahon. And so he says here, like, we have to, to praise Hashem for everything. A Jew always is thankful. Uh, we come from Yehuda, Yehuda, Yehudi, which means to praise, to thank God. And even for the bad things, God forbid, one hears bad news that someone passed away from this world, and the first thing a Jew says is, Baruch Tayam Ba'emet, Hashem is a just God. So uh, the Hassam Sofer, explains that we sometimes think that bad things happen to us, but later we look backwards and we see that it was not something that was bad. An example is given in the Gemara, in the Gemara Nida, there's a story that is related of a merchant, merchant that was rushing to catch a boat. He was running to get to this boat. And um, as he was walking there, accidentally he stepped on a thorn. And uh, that made him walk slower because he had pain in the, in the sole of his foot. And because he walked slower, when he got to the ship, the ship had already docked and it had already left and he had lost um, the ship. So at that moment, this merchant was overwhelmed like, because he lost the, 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 the trip. He lost his ship. He was, uh, why did I, didn't I look where I was stepping? I should have worn different shoes. You know, he was admonishing himself. But later on, the next day, news came that this ship had, had sunk at sea. And that's when this, this man realized that Hashem was working for him. Hashem was saving his life. And so that's why uh, Rabbi Biederman, uh, Shlita, Elimelech Biederman, who is, uh, for me, is one of the biggest rabbis today, uh, he explains that we have to really be grateful to God 
in the good and in what doesn't seem good to us because at the end of the day when we're able to see backwards we're going to be able to see that it's good so this week's parasha also discusses the mitzvah of the omer and the omer was um was a um, offering that people used to bring to the temple at Minha times, it was an afternoon offering that people used to bring. Uh, it was from the barley crops and to the base Hamikdash. They used to bring to the base Hamikdash to the to the temple. And the Maharal explains that this sacrifice is a reminder that crops grow by Hashem's Hashkaha Pratis, by divine interference. Nothing grows without God's uh, say. Nothing. You can grow a field, sow it, fertilize it, water it. You can do everything you want. You can do everything right. The perfect everything by the book. And if Hashem doesn't decree that this field should grow, then it won't grow. It, not, it doesn't matter what you do. So this is, um, this is something that Hovos uh, Halevavot, Rabbi Ba'iya, even Pakuda, says, says uh, incessantly he doesn't stop saying it especially for men or women that that are earning a living like yes you can be smart you can be have a, a, a PhD you can have an MDA you can have all the all the studies you can have an incredible head you can have the best computer you can have the best business opportunity you can have everything everything to be successful but if Hashem doesn't decree by Ashkaha Pratis that you should be successful, it doesn't matter what you do, what you have, what you work on, you're not going to be successful. So at the end of the day, the success comes from God. Success equals Hashem. You just have to do your part. You have to put your, 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 your grain of salt in everything you do. You have to do the best you can with what you have. But at the end of the day, we cannot forget that the one that runs the world and the one that decrees every little thing in the world is God. So Hassan, the sages in, in the Megillah Stair, say that Mordechai taught the laws of the Omer to his students. And Haman, Haman, the wicked Haman, understood that this means that he won't be able to destroy Bene Israel. Like, Haman said, your handful of Omer pushed away my 10,000 coins, which I offered to Hahashverosh to destroy Ben Israel. Because the Jewish people, thank God, brought an offering of the Omer, acknowledging that God is the, 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 the ruler of the world, that nothing is going to happen without his, with his goal. Uh, he realized that whatever he did, he was not going to be able to destroy the Jewish people because Hashem was on, on their side. Because if a person acknowledges Hashem in his life, he acknowledges that everything comes from him, then he has won everything he needs. So how did Haman know that this particular mitzvah would prevent him from destroying the Jewish people? And the Maharal explains that the mitzvah of Omer reminds us that everything happens by Hashem's will, even nature is controlled by Hashem. And when Bene Israel recognizes, nothing bad can happen to them. So that's why, my friends, accustom yourselves to say Baruch Hashem, thank you God. Every time something to be thankful about, say Baruch Hashem. When people ask you, how are you today? You know, people sometimes say, oh, it could be better. Oh, I'm not so well today. I'm not feeling well today. 
accustom yourselves to say Baruch Hashem. Thank you God. Thank God. Thank God. You know, I'm doing this experiment when I go out of my house and let's say I go to the supermarket and the, the, the cashier. I say, hello, how are you? I make a point. And the, and the person looks at me like nobody asked them how they are doing. And she says, well, I'm okay. Or she tells me I'm very tired. Or whatever they say, or thank you, I'm okay. And then right away they ask, and how are you? Because it's like a reaction. And I say, thank God. Thank God. I say like this, thank God, I'm here today. And they suddenly, they're, they're like shaken and they're looking at me and they say, you know what? Yes, thank God. Thank God we're alive. Thank God they recognize. So if a person accustoms himself in his daily life, it's a habit, you make it part of you. Thank God, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Or if someone tells you, are you going to be able to go tomorrow to the whatever you have to go, you say, Bezrat Hashem, with God's help, God willing, I'll be there. If you always put and recognize that everything is God, your life is going to be a miraculous existence. I guarantee it. You're going to see things that you never thought were possible. So there, the, this is what, what we learn. There's a story that Rabbi, Rabbi eh, eh, Bitterman says that I love this story to explain this. There was an orphan boy, in, or there is an orphan boy in the north of Israel, and they were going to celebrate his bar mitzvah. And this boy has a liking to a certain singer, a certain Israeli singer, and he very much wanted this singer to come to his bar mitzvah, but he didn't have money to pay for this singer. So this, he called the singer and he invited him to the bar mitzvah. In Israel, singers are very humble people. All these artists, they're very humble people. And when he heard that this boy was an orphan and that he really wanted him to come, he invited him. He didn't, wasn't even telling him to come and sing. He wanted him to be there. So he decided that he was going to go to this bar mitzvah and that he was going to perform for this boy as a gift, as a mitzvah. He was doing something good for somebody. He was going to do a kind deed. It's an orphan. And the Torah tells us you have to love the orphans. So he's doing a mitzvah. He goes to this bar mitzvah in the north of Israel. And he starts performing for the boy, and he's singing with the boy, and he's dancing with the boy, and he's there for two hours, and the boy is in heaven. He can't believe that this has happened to him. The next day, they call him from the orphanage, and they tell the singer, we're sorry to inform you, but the boy tested positive for COVID, and many people from the party tested positive for COVID. So you have to quarantine for 14 days. So this man was like, oh no, oh no, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose 14 days of business. I live by this. And by doing, going and doing something good for somebody else, look what happens to me. Now I'm stuck home and eventually he got sick too. So it was longer than he thought. And uh, he was upset. Like I shouldn't have done that. And then suddenly they call him three weeks later from an organization in, in the United States that has an orphanage for Jewish boys. And they call him and they say to him, look, we heard that you sang at this boy's bar mitzvah, this orphan, and that you made him feel so good. And we wanted to know if you would be able to come to America. We would pay all your expenses and we want to give you a very good uh, a handsome check, we want, we're willing to pay a big amount of money for you to come here and uh, celebrate the bar mitzvahs of these orphan kids.
and, uh, and he said, yeah, for sure, I'll go. And they said, but there's only one, one thing that we ask. Are you COVID? Uh, have you, uh, did you have COVID? This was before the vaccines. Have you had COVID? Because we can only have people that have been exposed to COVID. And he said, yeah. So you see, what seemed as a, a tragedy for him, like he lost 14 days of, of work and uh, he got sick and everything at the end turned out to be the biggest blessing. So this is what Rabbi Bitterman is telling us. This is what this offering of the Todah, of the, of the thankful, to be grateful to Hashem, to eat it before the next day so we can recognize the good in our lives even when we don't see it. Even if we can't see it and understand it, we can say, you know what, Hashem, I don't know. I don't see where this can be good. I don't feel it. I don't see it. It's so painful, but I know, I know that it's good. You know, it's not only this is for the good, you know. Uh, like Rabbi Akiva used to say, this shall be for the good. There's a story of him, famous story. Rabbi Akiva, he was going on a, on a trip and he stopped in a village and he asked the people in the village if he could stay there for the night. And they said, no, you cannot stay here for the night. We cannot accommodate you. You, you can't stay here. And so he went to the forest to sleep, to spend the night. He had a horse. Not a horse, he had um, uh, a donkey, he had a, a, a rooster, he had a cat, and he had a candle. That's all he had. And he went with the, what, what he had to the forest, and what happened was that that night the, the donkey died. And then the, 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 the candle went off, and then I don't remember what else happened to the other two animals. But to make the long, long story short, he went back to the, to the village the next day. And every time something happened to one of his animals, he would say, this is for the good, this is for the good, this is for the good. And he went back to the village the next day. And when he came back, there had been a horrible robbery on that village that night. Thieves had come. They had stolen everything from everybody. They had killed tons of people. It was a tragedy. And so he realized, you know, God, God is taking care of me. It's sometimes we are presented with, with things that look not good. Like I have to go and spend the night in a forest and I think this is a, a tragedy. But at the end of the day, it saved his life. So we see here that from this, from this bitajon, you know, this trusting Hashem, the word bitajon, come, there's a word inside of the word bitajon, which is tajon. Tach, I'm sorry, Tach means plaster. And the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe teaches that this is, when a person has bitahon, when a person has trust in Hashem, this is how he feels in his relationship with God, like they're plastered together, like they're one with each other. He's like a very good friend, a, a very, very, very good friend. A very good friend is always going to do what is good for you. I'm talking about a good friend. He's going to tell you things that are not okay with you, that you have to change. He's gonna, always looking for, for you to be okay. He has your best interest at heart. And this is the same relationship we have to have with Hashem, with Pitahon, that we're plastered, that you know that whatever's going on, if I get a thorn in, my, in, my, in the plant of my foot, I know Hashem is, is helping me not get somewhere or He's saving me from something. Really, it's very useful. It's not only a mental state of mind, but it's a truth. 
This is the truth. And when a person opens his eyes and he sees Hashem in everything in his life and he sees that everything is being done for him, not to him. Why did God, God do this to me? No, why did God do, do this to me? He didn't do anything to you. He's doing it for you. So whatever it is, it's good because it's either a lesson, you're going to learn something from it, you're going to get more closer to Hashem, whatever the reason, it is for you. So this also helps us understand that we should never get angry, that when we are, uh, we are put to the test, we, we recognize that we shouldn't we shouldn't be angry. And there's a story here, Rabbi Biderman tells a, a, a story about this. He says that Rebbe Rafael of Barshid, he yearned to have a talis katan, a, a talis, a beautiful talis, made from wool that grew in Eretz Israel. So in those days, it was not easy to get things from Israel. It was very complicated and he yearned very much for this um, wool from Israel. So he had a neighbor that was gonna travel to Israel and he asked him if he could please bring him back a bolt of this wool so he could make the tzitzit. So the, Reb, the Rebbe Rafael of Barshit was, was very joyous when he received the, um, the cloth, finally arrived after a long wait. He went to his tailor and he explained to him what he wanted to be done. He said, make a hole in the middle of the cloth so that I could wear it. Like the only thing he had to do was a cloth so, he's, so he could put his um, head in it. But the tailor didn't understand well and he cut, cut the cloth when the sheet was folded over and now he had two holes. So Rep. Rafael said, this garment needs two holes, one for my head and the other so that Rafael won't get angry. He understood that God was testing him in anger. It was a test. So anytime that you're gonna get angry, stop for one second if you're able and say, this is a test. This is a test. Like bling bling, have this SOS on you and say, bling bling, this is a test. I'm being tested. And the moment that you realize this is a test, you won't be an angry anymore. So uh, to understand these concepts, of, 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 of bitajon, of focusing on the good, of looking at every good situation. You know, this week we have Lagba Omer. Uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was exemplary in seeing the good in every person, in seeing the kindness of every Jew, in seeing how Jews love to do mitzvahs. This is what we have to do. We have to train our eyes to see good in everything, in everybody. This is part of being a Jew. This is inherent in us. And so it says here that um, there's a story to finish up to, to show you how a person can think that there were unfortunately four widows, four women that lived in Bnei Brak that had just lost their, their husbands, one after the other. So Sarah's husband, died from the, from the disease, from, I don't want to say the word, we say the malach. Rivka's husband was, died from COVID-19. Rahel's husband passed away from a heart attack. And Leah's husband was the last to leave the world and she was the new, new widow. And so many women came, many people came to pay a, a Shiva visit to this Leah. They felt very bad for her. But in a way, she, she found strength. Instead of, of the people consoling her, she was consoling people. 
and she says, I was, uh, he says, uh, he said, I am consoled by my portion in life, uh, and I feel that my portion is better than the one of my other three neighbors. And, and she said to them, Sarah, for example, she has two single children that she hasn't married. Now she has to marry two kids without her husband. That's a big, big burden. And then she says, and then she says, um, and Rivka, it, her husband died a few weeks before the wedding of their daughter. And it was horrible. Imagine everybody got to that wedding and everybody was crying. It was horrendous. She couldn't marry her daughter happily. And then she says, and my other neighbor, Rahel, it was horrible. The, heart, the husband suddenly had a heart attack. Nobody had time to say goodbye to him. It was so sudden. It was horrible. At least me, my husband was sick for two weeks and we were able to take care of him and we were take, able to put things in order and say goodbye to him. It, it was very hard, but I feel that my portion is much better than the portion of, of my neighbors. And so suddenly the, the neighbors came to visit her. And so we see that Sarah came in and she sat there to console her and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Leah, for the loss of your husband. I feel so bad for you. Your children are gone from the house. At least I have two kids that are still with me. I'm not alone. I feel bad for you. And then Rivka came and she sat down next to Sarah and she said, Leah, I feel your pain. Thank God we were busy with the, with the wedding of my other daughter while my husband died and we were so busy with the wedding that the pain wasn't so, so hard. Now we're feeling it more, but at that moment it was bearable. And then, and then Rahel came, the Leah came, the, the last one came, and she said to, to, to Leah, Rahel came and she said to Leah, I don't know how you managed to suffer in agony for two weeks when your husband was ill, not knowing what the future will bring. But oh Hashem, we didn't have that problem because my husband died suddenly. It was so fast. We didn't have to suffer seeing him suffer. And so the other women in the room, the other women that were there paying the Shiva call, they, they suddenly looked at each other and they realized that they had witnessed greatness because each one of these widows was able to see the good in their situation. They were able to count their blessings and all of them saw the good in what they experienced compared to the other one. So I wanna leave you here. I wanna wish you a beautiful week. Uh, Friday, Thursday night and Friday is Lagba Omer, is a day of joy, is Hot Shebehot, humility in humility. And it's the, the yurt side of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai who really wanted everybody to be extremely happy that day. And so I, I commend, start working on your joy muscles. So on Friday, Thursday night, Friday, you're very happy. Thanking Hashem uh, for all the, all the things you have. Everything is good. If you count your blessings, you'll see how fortunate you are. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you.